Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Angry Nerds Podcast. Just sparking out this week. But, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. It's not a mo- very exciting week for movie releases, although, I guess, arguably, 65 and uh, Scream 6 are, are, are exciting for many people, but maybe not yes. everyone, but that's okay. Um, Spark, how's it going? I am good. I'm, uh, I like kind of forgot 65 came out uh, until I saw a preview for it, but uh, we did it. <laughs> I, have you seen it yet or no? No, no, no. I mean, I do want to, but that, that feels more like an HBO Max release. Yeah, I did see it. Uh, and I'm going to say you're not going to, you didn't miss much. So, <laughs> uh, but we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, talking about that in Scream 6 and reviews, but as always, there's news, and um, Reddit was a big, big dump of information for Marvel this week. Um, apparently, a bunch of sources emailed the uh, admin of the MCU spoilers subreddit and sent in like a bunch of information that seemingly all checked out, and then there was some stuff that didn't check out, but was corroborated by a few, so... There was some stuff that they said, for sure, this is 100%, like, we, we backed this up. And some stuff that maybe is not quite 100%, but is pretty close to 100%. So, I don't know, some of the stuff maybe don't quite take at face value. But um, some of the stuff seems pretty legit. The first little stuff that they, they said um, seems pretty much set in stone. So, apparently, Armor Wars, which was a show at one point... And now they've turned it into a movie. Uh, James Spader is going to be coming back as Ultron in Armor Wars. So, bringing all that old chestnut. I totally forget that Ultron was in the MCU until there's like a few times when they remind me, and I'm like, oh yeah, right, you did do Ultron at some point, didn't you? Yeah, James Spader, baby. Yeah. I got no strings on me. Yeah. He was he was good as Ultron. I think the fact that he only had one movie is maybe part of the reason why I don't remember him much. But give him give him some time to shine. He was great in the um, Marvel What If they uh, brought him back for that. He was fantastic. So yeah, he's a really good voice actor. He just kind of has a perfect like character voice. I obviously well maybe not obviously, but most people 
kind of bag on Ultron the movie as, as being the clear worst of the Avengers series. Um, mm-hmm. I am one of those people. <laughs> but I, this is, it's not necessarily Ultron's fault, right? Like a lot of people contributed to that being the lesser. But uh, I have no problem with Ultron coming back. Uh, I enjoyed I hearing James' voice. Uh, now what specifically he'll be doing in Armor Wars, I don't know, because I'm unfamiliar with that storyline. But come on back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, apparently he's coming back for that. Uh, again, this is pretty solid information. Apparently a lot of people back this up, so I would say this is a probably pretty good chance of happening. Uh, also too, like, we don't know too much about Armor Wars, but, I don't know. The idea of uh, Ultron involved with a, some sort of storyline to do with a bunch of, uh, Tony's armors and stuff, uh, seems, seems interesting. So, um... Secret Invasion, the Disney Plus series, that apparently will be coming sometime after April, so apparently we don't have to wait too much longer for it, but as with all these Disney... Yeah. So, apparently, all it says is sometime after April, which really is vague. It could be, like, May, it could be September, but they do say it was shortly after April, so, um, yeah, apparently we're getting it pretty soon. I do... I do know with some of these Marvel Plus or Marvel Disney Plus shows, they do start like promoting them literally a month before release. So, um, maybe this month in March and sometime in April, we'll start getting some trailers and promotional materials for it. But yeah, apparently coming sometime soon. Um, and then Secret Wars, they did confirm that uh, 2028 is the end of the saga. Uh, but Secret Wars will be coming sometime, uh, closer to, um, to the end of 2027. So, apparently 2028 may be, like, the second part of Secret Wars, maybe split into two movies. Um, yeah, Echo, apparently everything's going as planned, there's no reshoots or anything, uh, they're just kind of working away at it. And then X-Men 97, apparently the show is aiming for a September-October release near the anniversary of the original show. So Okay. So, yeah, that's going to be like the continuation of the X-Men animated series that they're doing. Um, so, yeah. That's, that's the for sure information. And then there's some stuff here that... Um, uh, apparently is a little nebulous. So... Coming back to Secret Invasion, apparently they're saying that it starts May 17th. So, to actually elaborate a bit more on what exactly is sometime after after April, they're apparently saying May 17th, which I guess technically is after April, so that counts. Um, Yeah, so May 17th makes makes sense. Kind of gets you uh, a little bit after Guardians 3. So you have Guardians 3, and then two weeks later you got Secret Invasion. So, that's something and then apparently july 26th is when we're getting loki season two so a bit of a break around well secret invasion will probably end around june 21st so that's roughly a month after secret invasion ends you're getting loki season two um and they're packing it in yeah uh and then apparently echo is coming october 2023 
We're also apparently getting a Halloween special uh, in uh, October. Makes sense. And uh, that's going to have Mephisto. So, <laughs> cue up all the WandaVision. It's all Mephisto. We're getting Mephisto memes again. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Marvels apparently is uh, coming November 10th, 2023. Uh, Sentry, uh, apparently we're getting him queued up because he's going to be a big part in um, the new Captain America movie. Uh, apparently that's coming in the holidays of 2023. Um, uh, Ironheart, early 2024. That kind of continues on from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, Daredevil, Bored Again, coming spring 2024. Uh, and then, yeah, you got your new Captain America movie May 3rd, apparently. So that'll be your big, big temple blockbuster for the, that next year. Um, yeah, then we've got Thunderbolts, like, two months later, July 26. Apparently... The rumor states that Deadpool 3 is coming September 6th of next year, which seems really close because they just started filming that movie, but who knows, maybe they're working to get it turned around quickly. Um, Wonder Man, Fall of 2024. Uh, and then apparently we're getting a Man-Thing special in 2024. Uh, and then Phase 6, apparently Blade will be November 8, 2024. Uh, we're getting a Silver Surfer special holidays of 2024. Agatha Coven of Chaos is coming either late 2024 or early 2025. Uh, and then Fantastic Four is apparently coming for February 14, 2025. And then apparently, uh, Vision Quest is coming come time in spring of 2024. So lots of apparently new, new dates for things and all that. Is that, is there anything on there that really gets you excited? Spark? Oh man, no. Uh, I mean, the Secret War stuff before in X Men '97, but like these like spinoff things. Like, I don't need. No one asked for Agatha to have a spinoff show. Like, what are we doing? Um, and Vision, I'm cool. Uh, I, I the WandaVision show was just fine to me. So. Um, I, I, I said this before on the podcast, but like their TV stuff has like, I has lost my good faith. Mm -hmm. So they need to produce something that like, I will not be just watching, um, going forward. So they're going to need to produce some things. I will watch Loki season two, of course, because Loki was the best of the group. Yeah. And I expect that to continue. But outside of that, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be waiting to hear what what people say silver server does interest me i think that's a great character that was unfortunately underutilized uh by fox but um mm -hmm. even having said that we'll see yeah oh and blade obviously i'm excited for uh blade because i i, I want to see what they do with it yeah it's interesting that Blade comes out after Deadpool 3, because I wonder if they'll kind of lean that a little bit more towards being R-rated, because we know that Deadpool 3 is going to be R-rated, and I don't think every Marvel movie has to be, but Blade's kind of one of those properties, I'm like, yeah, you kind of have to spill some blood when you're talking about um, all that stuff there, so. Um, yeah, I there's 
some stuff here gets me a little excited. Like, I'm excited for Daredevil Born Again. I'm curious what they do with that. I'm a little... My uh, expectations for that got hampered a little bit when we got She-Hulk and we saw their their take on Daredevil. And I was like, oh gosh, are we going to have like a jokey Daredevil and Born Again who's just hooking up with people? Like, uh But I'm... I'm holding out faith that that was just a little weird one-off instance and that like born again is going to be as gritty and uh realistic as the original netflix series um yeah and then captain america new world order i'm really curious about that could be really fun um yeah fantastic four like i think we're gonna get that we're gonna get some really exciting stuff for that soon but yeah i i'm really curious what they're doing with that because We've had two really bad, well, three really bad, actually, uh, Fantastic Four movies. Maybe, arguably, the first one was not too terrible. I had some fun with the first movie, but the second movie was not great. And then that Josh Trank reboot in the mid-2010s was just awful. Less said about that, <laughs> the better. Yeah, that was... Uh, I, I, <laughs> they keep talking about bringing people back. I, I don't think Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan are going to be making any uh, uh, Fantastic Four appearances. So that would be super fun um, yeah. to have Miles, uh, excuse me, Michael B. Jordan and Chris Evans come come back as, you know, blips to be killed off or something. Mm. Um, but I, I don't expect that. <laughs> but I would yeah. love to see Jessica Alva back. That would be great. Yeah. I think, like, it would be funny if, like, the Josh Trank reboot, they just, like, followed up with them, and they were like, oh, yeah, we had all these crazy fun adventures. This is the first the first time you saw us. It was very boring. <coughs> I would love that if they brought the whole cast back for, I don't know, Secret Wars or uh, the King Dynasty. It's just, you know, something. People really like that, that, that stuff. I have a feeling Secret Wars is going to have a fun little moment where it's going to pay off on a lot of those takes on those characters. Um, you know, like, you know that Marvel, like, what they did with the two Spider-Men in um, No Way Home was, like, great. So if they could, like, put that care and attention to a lot of these other characters that uh, are at least portrayals of characters, uh, I think it could be fun to see. So, um, speaking of Daredevil Born Again, John Bernthal, who played uh, the Punisher in his own Netflix series, but also started off in season two of Daredevil, will return as the Punisher for Daredevil Born Again. So, there you go. John Bernthal is back as the Punisher. Now we can finally stop asking him constantly if he's coming back. Because I didn't know a lot of people were asking him. He was like, mm -hmm, can't say anything, but yeah. I was expecting that. Um, I mean, the two—they've pretty much listened. When it came to Netflix, they were like Daredevil, yes, uh, and they were quiet on Punisher. But it was like those two were very clearly far and away, both popularity-wise and kind of critically, the like gems of that. Um, I have been seeing—I saw on Twitter picture, like recent pictures of Michael Coulter and Kristen Ritter together, and so people were like. Oh, but I mean, those could have, those could have just been friends hanging out. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but there are there's I those are the two that none of us were sure about because it's like there were mixed reviews. Do you 
want them all like what's the what's the vibe here and then of course iron fist was the one we were very sure wasn't coming back i am interested to see i'm happy about daredevil but i expected it i am curious what they do with Kristen and michael that's that's where i'm like if they said no okay if they said yes okay but say something yeah i have a feeling like uh marvel it seems like they're sort of always at least open to bring these people back and i don't think it's always a for sure thing that they're gonna bring them back they may just recast some of these people but like yeah i'm glad that they brought back john Brunthal's punisher because he was great and yeah you could have recast him sure but why i mean john Brunthal just did such a great job like i don't know I'm sure there will be, there's going to be a point where we're going to reach one of those Netflix characters that they're going to recast it. I, I don't know if that's going to happen or who it would be, but um, yeah, for now at least we're, we've gotten what, Kingpin from the original show, we've had Daredevil mm-hmm. from the original show, and now Punisher. Like, this is great. Like, if the actors are available and they want to work it, why not? Um I don't know. I know Mike Coulter doesn't really seem that interested, but he could always just be putting on a bit of a bit of a show for people. But really, deep down, he's like making moves. But um, I wouldn't mind if Mike Coulter and um, Kristen Ritter came back. I thought they were great. Um, maybe put them together and have them in their own show. That would be fun. I think just the only person that most people are unanimously like just recast would be like Iron Fist. I don't think anybody <laughs> really is hoping for that actor to come back anytime soon, but yeah. So cool. And of course this will probably lead into the Punisher getting his own series or movie yes. appearances and all that. So whatever happens with that, that sounds fun. So cool. Um, yeah, so Silver Surfer, we were talking about that coming coming as a series. Uh, apparently, uh, Matt Shakeman is rumored to be developing that, and he's working on Fantastic Four. Uh, he also worked on WandaVision as well. So a lot of people are suspecting that since he's working on this, apparently this could lead to uh, Silver Surfer appearing in Fantastic Four. So that could be... That could be also a part of it if he's developing that, that, you know, Silver Surfer and Fantastic Four, we get some of that. In the comics, at least, Silver Surfer in his origins is tied to the Fantastic Four. So that could be cool. Yeah, I'd be, um, I mean, again, like I'm Fantastic Four is, that's always someone I was aware of, but never someone I was like, oh man, can't wait. So uh, we'll see. But Silver Surfer is dope. The only problem with Silver Surfer is like it's such a powerful character that mm-hmm. when you bring them in, you have to nerf them. And casual fans don't care, of course, because uh, they don't know. But it is a little like he does more than fly around and like phase through buildings, like a lot more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but the Fantastic Four, they're not really anyway. I'm, let's not. I don't want to do this deep dive. I'm interested to see how they do it, um, yeah. but it, it will be frustrating, I think, to some fans, mm-hmm. um, as it already has been. <laughs> um, but go ahead. Yeah, just Silver Surfer's cool. Flushes out the universe and obviously is going to lead way to Galactus, which 
Man, Galactus just got done dirty in that second Fantastic Four movie. So anything that's better than a nebulous cloud in space is okay with me. So, um, Spider-Man Freshman Year. That's the animated uh, telling of Spider-Man's origins, but in some alternate universe where Norman Osborn is financing uh, his Spider-Man endeavors is to hate, hit Disney Plus in late 2024, despite recent cancellation rumors. So, yeah, apparently it's coming. Uh, not not canceled as many suspected. So, uh, okay. which, which, sure. Uh, it's also sure. been, it's going to be a while between when we see our next Spider-Man movie. So I think they're saying like December 2025 is when we're getting the next Spider-Man movie. So, I mean... If uh, you put that out in 2024, at least it kind of will tide people over on Spider-Man content until we get uh, <laughs> him swinging around again. Uh, Disney's Bob Iger hints at big changes for the MCU, saying sequels work well, but do you need a third or fourth movie? Uh, I I would say uh, Thor Love and Thunder would tell you with a resounding, no, you don't always need a fourth movie. Um <laughs> Um, I, I do think sequels can be okay. I think um, not every movie necessarily supports it. And I think it's good that they're starting to see that, you know, you don't need to necessarily force a uh, square peg in a round hole. You know, if a, a sequel doesn't quite work, don't bother. There's tons of characters in this universe that you can focus on. You don't have to do a sequel um, yeah, because it just seemed like with Thor, and also too with Thor, we had his arc in those Avengers movies too, and stuff like it. Just felt like we had a lot of Thor. Uh, I'm ready for Thor to just take a vacation, just yeah, you know, chill in the sun for a bit with his <laughs> newly found daughter. God, I forgot about that in that movie. Um, oh, I forgot about the daughter too. Everybody <laughs> has kids now. <laughs> Iron Man has kids. Black Panther has kids. Thor yeah. has kids. Dude, everybody's got kids. What the? Yeah. Daredevil doesn't have, uh, like, superhero kids. He has a lot of kids. But, I don't know, he kind of raised a suit. Not Daredevil. Mm, Hawkeye, sorry. Uh, Hawkeye kind of raised his proverbial kid in his movie outside of his actual children. <laughs> uh, everybody's got kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want at the end of Daredevil Born Again a post credit scene where she Hulk shows up and she's like, "Guess what, Daredevil? You're gonna be a daddy." That would be something else, and I would and I wouldn't be surprised. Also, Hulk has kids, obviously now. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, also, seemingly like how these people get kids is sometimes nebulous at best. Like Hulk has a kid, and I'm like, okay, what's the backstory on that? Who was who was having sex with the Hulk at some point? Just I need to know these things, or maybe not. No, actually, now that I take it back. I don't need to know these things. But yeah, very very much. Uh, I agree with Bob Iger on this. We don't need a third or fourth movie. Maybe a third. You can round out a trilogy, but fourth movie not necessarily. Um, Star Wars. Uh, Taika Waititi likely to star in his own planet project that still is apparently ago uh and then yeah a bunch of movies got shelved kevin feige's movie got shelved uh rogue one which we kind of already figured was shelved uh got shelved and then apparently 
the Ryan Johnson movies have apparently been dead for a while. So not that surprising, but yeah, apparently we're we're not getting new Star Wars movies for a while at least. Um I know you're not the biggest fan of Star Wars, but yeah, it's just they seem to not be knowing what to do with those movies. So yeah. Um and then Mandalorian showrunner uh, John Favreau suggests that future Star Wars movies will take place post sequels. So, whatever they end up doing, apparently it will take place after the Rise of Skywalker, which I guess makes sense because you can't keep going back to the old times. You gotta move forward. Alright, a uh, little bit of DC news, news this week. James Gunn has seemingly been confirmed to direct Superman Legacy, which is probably not that surprising. Um, I know he was talking about writing it for sure, and then he was saying he might direct it, but apparently Tom King, who wrote the comics that the movie is going to be based on, confirmed that he will be directing it. So, yeah. I don't know. What do you feel, Spark, about James Gunn directing Superman Lady is he? Uh, I mean... Looking at the Guardians and I looking at Suicide Squad and how much fun I thought that was, like I I trust his directing. I don't love his um, you know decision making as the the head of the new DCU, but uh, one thing this man can do is make a superhero movie. So I have if it, I I would have imagined that when they gave him the reins, they said, "Look, you also have to give us one." Right, like we trust your judgment, but we need you on the court to shoot. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I'm also okay with this. I don't know, like part of his wheelhouse seems to be these like more eclectic characters, like Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, he's never really had to handle like a big name character like a Superman or something. So, um, as much as I like his style, I. I wonder how that's going to translate to Superman. I mean, Superman is the kind of character, I mean, he's not the offbeat character like Star-Lord or um, the character from the Suicide Squad. So I guess part of me is a little like, hmm, you're stepping into the big leagues now, James Gunn. Like, you're you're directing a Superman movie. This is quite a far cry from what you've done before. So, but I guess we'll see how his kind of style translates to this new movie. But... Yeah, I'm a little a little curious. Uh, you know, part of me thinks are we gonna get Superman like, you know, training to some '80s uh, music montage or something like. I don't know. I'm just still a little curious how that style is gonna fit, but it'll be something, all right. Uh, and then finally, Scream Six and Wednesday star Jenna Ortega's in talks for Beetlejuice Two, so. Apparently we're getting a sequel to Beetlejuice, and I did not even realize that, but cool. Uh, apparently Mike Cole Keaton, who's just all over the place these days, is coming back as well. My man uh, refuses not to have a career. Good for him. I mean, just <laughs> everybody get to say, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently General Ortega and Michael Keaton are the only ones. Uh, circling the project, although there was something about uh, Winona Ryder maybe coming back and Gina Davis and Johnny Depp and Catherine O'Hara, so who knows? 
lots of people could be potentially coming back to this. I'd be into that. I mean, I was I wasn't the biggest Beetlejuice guy as a, as a kid, to be fair. Yeah, but uh, a lot of people like it. Mm-hmm. Not that I disliked it. For the record, people don't freak out. I'm just saying that it didn't pull me the way that it did for others. Yeah. Also, this seems in line with Jenna Ortega's like choice of projects. She likes to go for like you know something like Wednesday or Scream, where she likes playing playing the horror roles or something at least a little offbeat. So, yeah. I mean, not like Beetlejuice is a really scary movie, because it's not really, but um, I can see her definitely having some interest in something like this. So, we'll find out more, I'm sure. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and review Scream 6, as well as the movie 65. Back in a bit. Hey everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. All right, we're back. Spark, you've seen Scream Six, right? What did you, yeah. what did you think of it? Um, it's not as good as Scream Five. I'll say that. Um, I there were parts of this I really enjoyed, and there were parts of it I didn't. Um, it was nice. I without spoiling anything, I I have a clear cut favorite of returning from Scream 5 and a clear-cut least favorite returning from Scream 5 and the end results for those characters neither of which were I something that I was happy about I uh, I was a little bummed um, as far as the twist that's in all of these so it's not a spoiler to say that there is a twist um, I was right about someone Okay. And I was incorrect about some other things. I was like the the first scene this person was in was in, I was like, yep. Um but I was way off about uh kind of the specifics of like how we got to where we got, but also exactly right about something else. So I, you know, again, if we want to stop and then do a full spoiler, then I can get into more details there. But yeah. I say that to say that the movie, I believe, does have a solid twist. Yeah, um, let's, let's maybe, like, talk non-spoilers for a bit, because actually most of my complaints very much fear into spoiler territory. So uh, let's let's talk non-spoilers, and then we'll score it, and then we'll dive into spoilers after that for those who are wanting to avoid that. Okay, uh, well, then I was probably meandering too long. But anyway, I will say I thought that the twist was solid. Yeah. Um, I do not believe anyone that tells me that they got it perfectly. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's that. I'll, I've, I've been talking a while. <laughs> uh, I, I think as a general slasher movie, Scream 6 is quite okay. But as a Scream movie, I was quite disappointed by this. Um, I 
again, a lot of it kind of veers into spoiler territory, so I can't get into full details. But I think just generally speaking, this movie felt a little toothless. It felt a little uh, non-impactful in a large way. Like, where the movie ends up from where the movie starts, it didn't really feel like there was a whole lot of big monumental changes. And I don't need everything to change but i need there to at least feel like by the end of this movie like i've actually seen something uh somewhat interesting happen and i just kind of felt like walking away from this i'm like what really was my big takeaway from this but again i kind of need to get into spoilers for that but um i will say like the the new york setting was a great setting uh they used it well they also played off of uh the Friday the 13th movie that took place in Manhattan. That movie actually like plays in the background of this quite a few times, which I thought was very funny. A little bit on the nose, but funny. Um, and yeah, like they do a great job of um, showing that this ghost face is a lot more ferocious than a lot of the other ghost face. And they actually give a bit of a pattern to the kills that I thought was interesting. Uh, they were kind of showing a bit of a, like, why... Ghost faces killing people the way that they're killing them. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. There's a bit of a pattern here. Um, and then, of course, the actors. A lot of the actors were really great. Um, I, of course, like Jenna Ortega. She was great in this. And then you've got the other actresses uh, and actors in this. Like uh, Melissa Barrera. Jasmine Savoy-Brown was great in this. Mason Gooding's also really good. Uh, Courtney Cox. Uh, I don't know. Kind of felt like Courtney Cox was phoning in a little bit on this one, but uh, Hayden Panettiere was great. She came, she came in swinging. I was like, "Where have you been? Haven't seen you in a movie for a while." So, um, yeah, a uh, lot of great performances in this. Um, yeah. Do you have any non-spoilery thoughts before we start diving into spoilers? Uh, let's just get into the spoilers. Okay, let's. Or I guess let me just say, in case you don't want to listen anymore, I would give this movie like uh, five and a half or six out of ten. Okay. Um, just because that's a non-spoiler, I yeah. I think it's above average. It sounds like I enjoyed it more than you did, but I don't think it's anything you need to run to, to the theaters to see. I I will say that. No, uh, I'm actually at a six out of ten myself. Um, I think like. Uh, there were some moments in this that I liked, but I think once you get into the third act, I got really, really <laughs> upset with this movie. But let's just say, like, spoiler warning. Uh, let's say, like, for, like, the next, like, five minutes or so, let's say. Um, so, yeah. What, what are your spoilery thoughts on this? Okay, so these are spoilery thoughts. Yes. Stop listening if you don't want it. Uh, so obviously, um, in the film, they reference how, like, it's always two, except for the one movie where it was Ron. So I was like, immediately in my head, I'm like, okay, they're mentioning that for a reason. So it's either going to be one or three. And so I, it, it, I knew that it couldn't be one because the guy's talking while he's fighting, right? Mm-hmm. 100%, there's at least two. So... I go, okay, I know that it's the the cop. I know it's the cop. Because he, as soon as she meets him, she's like, isn't it weird that you're the, that we just happened to run into you right after you're related? And she was like, must be a coincidence, basically. And I'm like, no, it's not. But I thought it was going to be him and Hayden. 
when I was okay. like, oh, that's a great twist, right? Like Hayden yeah. comes back as a victim, but then she becomes, and I'm like, yo, yo, that's the fun. And then at the end, when they kind of tell you it's Hayden, I was like, let's go. <laughs> Your voice is a genius. Yeah. Um, but I also, I thought that the cop killed his daughter for real because I thought that when she said that I lost my brother, I thought that that was the killer from the last one. And so I thought that the cop had kind of lost his mind and was like, this, like, I at all costs must kill you for killing my... So I thought that the daughter dying was a misdirection, mm -hmm. that it was the last killer's dad and Hayden, who I don't know why, like, maybe I, I, I hadn't figured out what her reason was, but I'm like, they'll explain it. Uh, so the fact that the daughter was alive and the son was alive from before, I they, they got me. Mm, okay. Um, I definitely didn't see the twist coming. Um, although I, I was actually... So there was like a little bit of a throwaway line in the movie where they were talking about one of the killers from the first movie, Matthew Lillard's character... Uh -huh. And um, I think it was Jasmine Savoy's Brown's character was like, oh, if you believe that he died. I was like, oh, fuck. Are they setting up that he's, like, still alive and he's just, like, finally reemerging after all these years? I'm like, that's that's cool. Um, uh, no. Um, I think my problem with the big reveal is that, A, it, it crimps a lot on Scream 2 with the whole, like killer or the killer's family from the last movie coming back to exact vengeance like kind of repeats a lot from the second screen movie they do do enough stuff to like kind of separate it with it being um three members of the family instead of just the one like it wasn't scream two um but also too i was like man all three members of this family are just seemingly on board with this plan like that seemed a little unrealistic <laughs> i'm like you're telling me that like Maybe not even, like, just the daughter was like, this, this seems a little crazy, guys. I think I'm just going to bow out on this one. I was like, okay. Don't quite buy into that. But, um, sure. yeah. And then the thing is, too, is, like, there was probably a good, like, three or four kills, quote-unquote, near the end of this movie where, like, the person just comes back okay. And I'm like, there, there's no... There's no consequences in this. Like, nobody... There's not too many people of note that die in this that you're like, oh my gosh, like, the, I can't believe we lost this character. Uh, there's a bunch of people that get, like, some seemingly fatal blows, and they just come back at the end being loaded into a ambulance, and they're okay, and I'm like, okay. Like, especially, <laughs> like, the brother and sister combo, like, they definitely seem like they were for sure done. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm rooting for people to be dying or anything, but it just felt like... By the end of this movie, there was nobody... We weren't walking away with any real consequence of anyone really dying in this. I mean, yeah, there were some yeah. nameless people that died, but, like, there was really nobody of note. And it really just kind of made this movie feel, like, unnecessary. Like, I don't think you would watch this and go, like, oh... Like, in the first bit there, I thought Jenna Ortega's character was going to die. And I'm like, oh, that'd be interesting, because maybe if she dies, then Melissa Barrera just goes full-blown serial killer mode and just kills everybody but she kind of did that but not really for those reasons um yes i oh sorry no no go ahead no no, no go um and then the other thing is too is like i felt it was 
okay, if you're comparing this again to Scream 2, Scream 2 worked because Mrs. Loomis was really not interacting with uh, Cindy at all. She was um, interacting with Gail. So it made sense that like she could be the killer in this and she would not be recognized. But I really found it hard to believe that like uh, Melissa Brera's character was interacting with all these members of Richie's family. She didn't at least at one point recognize even just one of them. Like, that seemed a little weird. Like, I get it. Maybe he had an excuse for why his family wasn't being shown or something. But that just either... But it just didn't really feel like it was being touched on. I was like, oh, you're not going to explain why she dated this guy for seemingly quite a long time and never knew what his family looked like or anything. And even if she she did, like, uh, you know, uh, like, not know his family, it still doesn't make sense because their whole motivation for doing this was because he got killed. So... Before he got killed, like, why would he have any reason to not show off his family? So, I don't know, that just seemed like a weird big plot hole where I'm like, compared to Scream 2, which is very smart in the fact that you don't see um, a Mrs. Loomis and Sydney interacting. And this, like, seemingly, in the first, like, few minutes of them interacting, you would think she would be like, aren't you Richie's dad or Richie's sister or brother? Like... There was never really anything like that, so I didn't buy into the twist at the end just because I'm like, wouldn't she have noticed them and kind of already thought, like, hey, I know you, but, yeah. Uh, I actually didn't think of that, uh, which is a very smart point, Um, because even if they... I was just in my head thinking, like, I mean, it's, like, today, today, so social media is huge, right? So, like, you could sell me on maybe he's not proud of his family from before like he was kind of the outcast of the group which doesn't seem to be the case at all it seems like he was very loved in fact the father loved him more than anyone but let's just say that that's the case or you could sell me that their parents were divorced divorced and he lived with his mother um and so the the dad just never really came up but that doesn't explain the brother and sister. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you had said, I think a good line there would have literally been, um, like, when he reveals himself, having uh, maybe Jenna go, you don't recognize him? Yeah. And go, and then he interrupts, and she's like, she would have never seen me. These two are his half-brother and sister. They weren't raised with him, and I was estranged, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, then it's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> right? like, but that is such a good point on your part. I didn't even think about that. There's no fucking way, excuse my language, there's no freaking way that uh, she wouldn't have recognized them. Yeah. That really bugged me. Like, when I walked out of the theater, obviously I was under spoiler embargo, so I couldn't tell anybody. But I'm like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. But, yeah, it, it, it still bugs me because I'm like, that just seems like such a big, glaring oversight. If this is your big twist of this movie, why did you not think of that? Why did you not think, like... And, yeah, even just have a throwaway line. Like, oh, Richie was estranged from us or something, but they didn't do anything to really explain that. If anything, it seemed like the opposite. It seemed like they were very close. Um, So, I don't know. Or even just say, like, 
you know, Richie hid them as part of his master plan or I don't know, something. But it, it just seemed like a weird glaring oversight. And the more I thought about it, the more it annoyed me. Um, so, yeah. And like I said, go back and rewatch Scream 2. In that movie, Sydney never sees Mrs. Loomis. So there's a very good reason why you can show her at the end. And it makes sense because she very, very intelligently never interacts with, with Sydney in that movie. And it explains the, the twist at the end. So if you're going to go crimping on, on Scream 2, do it right. Don't, don't, don't be lazy. So. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I act, I never for any minute there really thought it might be Hayden Panettiere. Cause I'm like, she just seems so confident and in and of it. I was like, nah, I think, I think they're, they're, they wouldn't do that. I, I, I don't know. I kind of thought it was a red herring and then I was like, okay, this, this makes sense. But man, I was really hoping, uh, Lillard was going to make an appearance at the end and just be like. Oh yeah, he was in like witness protection. Or not, maybe not witness protection, but he was in like prison for a while. He's got out or something. I was so excited to see that happen, especially when she was like, "Well, if you believe he died," I was like, "Oh my god, please, this would be amazing." But <laughs> maybe that was my fault for getting so excited to see that happen. But maybe with a Scream Seven, bring Matthew Lillard back. He, we need, we need him back in the Scream franchise. He's so much fun. So. He super is. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he has the manic energy he had as as a young man that that made him so much fun to watch. But actually, I can probably most guarantee he doesn't. Um, but you know, a more sub sub subdued uh, former killer. I, I I'd be interested in that. Yeah, I I thought that that's what they were leading up to too. Just because Scream Five and even like this movie to a large extent brought back uh, Skeet Ulrich's character from the first film I thought, yeah so i was like oh that would be kind of like a cool way to follow it up and also you could explain that like he would be still very envious and mad of um the carpenter sisters for uh what happened in the first movie with him kind of with him uh seemingly killing him like i could see him having a vendetta like i don't know I can't. I, I kind of hate that idea of like rewriting a movie in my head to what works for me. Because then when it doesn't happen, I'm like unnecessarily disappointed. But yeah, part of it was a little bit like, oh, that would have been so cool to see. So maybe in the Scream Seven, maybe they did confirm that they're probably going to make another one because if this movie does well and they keep wanting to make them, they're they're probably going to keep making annual releases. So we're probably getting Scream Seven next year, more than likely. Sounds like it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, any other th- spoiler thoughts on this movie? Yeah, I I wanted uh, I the other point you brought up that's really good is that literally the core four plus uh, Courtney, like everyone that was in the last movie lives. Um, so there's the only people that die are people that we just met and thus don't care about. Like, not even the love interest that, like, that might have been a fun sacrifice that if he, like, stepped in front of a knife on the train. So not even that. So, like, every every character comes back and the lead gets her love interest uh, who proved his worth. 
The only way they're going to make that better for me is if the love interest is is one of the killers in the next movie. Then I will accept it. Yeah. Uh, and then he kills Jenna Ortega. That is, if you give me that, the other core four can live, but she has to live with the guilt of having her sister taken from her by bringing a man into her life. That is writing I am interested in seeing. Yeah. Yeah. And they both Otherwise, this interest. movie was a waste of time. Yeah. As far as developing the story, it was a waste of time. Yeah. You could probably even skip this movie. <laughs> probably not miss I mean, much. But... No one dies, so what difference does it make? Even Hayden does. Literally no one yeah. from the past. Like, everybody lives. Or I guess, wait. Yeah, Hayden. Yeah, we're sure Hayden does. Yeah. And, you know, maybe who knows? Samara Weavy might pop up again in the set of the movie. Be like, surprise. What a waste. I forgot about that. I like, I forgot that I got mad that I was like, how dare you bring in Miss Ready or Not herself just for her to be the first kill? I guess it was kind of in line with like what they've done before with like bringing in a bigger name actress. You think she's going to be a big part of it. But yeah, I was a little bit like, she's so great. Why? But. Okay, well, a movie that is, uh, I would actually arguably just as, like, equal in quality, uh, although for different reasons, uh, is 65. If you don't know, this is a movie starring Adam Driver as a man who goes into space and somehow lands on a planet that looks like Earth, but... It's not dinosaurs on the planet, it's aliens. He specifically calls them aliens, not dinosaurs. And then on top of that, he also uh, manages to be on a planet that looks like Earth. And there's a giant asteroid coming towards the planet, but it's not Earth. And it's just very confusing. This movie just made a whole lot of nonsense. Um, I'll say the dinosaur designs were cool, and there was some decent action. Um... And uh, Adam Driver really did sell kind of like a lone person on this alien slash dinosaur planet. And I was I was I was buying into that. If anything, I was watching this movie, and my main takeaway was, man, Adam Driver would make a really good Mister Fantastic. I don't know why I kept thinking that, but just the whole time watching this movie, I'm like, put Adam Driver in Fantastic Four. That's what I need now. But aside from that, this movie was pretty forgettable. Uh, I started like bursting out laughing near the end though. When at the end of this movie, there's the asteroid coming towards Earth slash not Earth, and then they fly off the planet and they're like, "Bye!" And then asteroid hits, <laughs> and you're like, "Okay." And then the post credits for this basically confirms it was Earth, but then at the same time he says it's not. I don't know. This whole movie was just stupid. It was very stupid, and um, I can see why. Uh, press were not sent to a press screening for this because I think Sony's a little mildly ashamed of this movie. Probably justifiably so, but and you know what? I'll give it like a 6 out of 10. If you really turn your brain off and just want to see uh, dinosaurs getting blasted in the face by hot geysers, then this is that kind of a movie. So, uh, I I would argue maybe don't run out to theaters to see it, but maybe maybe wait till it's on some kind of streaming service to watch it because Definitely would not argue that it's worth paying full price for. Um, and then one final thing for review is the um, new version of 
History of the World Part 2. Um, this, well, yeah, it's History of the World Part 2. It's a sequel to History of the World. Uh, essentially, like, a bunch of sketches take place throughout history. Um, and I, I had a lot of fun with this. It was essentially just kind of like a bunch of sketches. Uh, they do kind of go back to certain sketches and continue them, but... Yeah, it's kind of like an interwoven, like, different stories kind of, like, connected together. Um, it was funny. Like, they they brought in the Jackass crew for one of them uh, for, like, a bit about, like, Rasputin and stuff like this. Like, it was just wild. Like, the comedy stylings on this was hilarious. They brought in some real good, funny people for this. And it really just helped sell this idea of, like, a comedic retelling of history. Um... I do think after a while, like, it does kind of wear out its welcome a little bit. Um, so I don't know if I can necessarily argue that you could probably go and binge this. Because I think after a certain while, like, just want a natural break from seeing them revisit uh, Abraham Lincoln so many times or something like that. So, I mean, uh, but there were some fun cameos in this that kept it exciting and uh, other stuff. So... I don't know. I'm sitting at like an 8 out of 10 for this. I think it's definitely worth watching, but definitely I don't think it's something that you're going to probably watch back to back. I think just after a while, you're naturally going to have a little bit of a of a break from it. So, yeah. That's on Disney+. Plus. So, check that out. And that's it for reviews. Um, Spark, I'm guessing uh, you're, you're still not caught up on Last of Us, right? Sadly, no. Even my even my wife was like, "Don't you like love that game?" And I was like, "Yeah, shut up. Uh, I'll watch it eventually." <laughs> uh, so no, I haven't watched it. Sadly, no worries. Uh, well, we'll see you next week, probably. Yes, sir. Okay, we'll see you next what? week. Uh, Shazam Two will be out. We're gonna talk about that. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about Shazam, baby. Um, but yeah, well, Spark, we'll see you next week, and uh, for the listeners, we'll come back and I'll talk about Last of Us and Mandalorian for a little bit. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, Spark. Have you listened to the newest album by Smash Mouth? No, I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, man. It's the bomb. Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, a ghost. I'm the ghost of What's streaming? You can magically play any song you want on device. It's pretty cool. In fact, Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its vast selection. Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on. In fact, why don't you go to http colon forward slash forward slash getamazonmusic.com forward slash creating so you can try the service for free for one month. 
you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? All right, Spark is peaced out for now. He'll be back next week to talk Shazam 2. Shazam 2. Shazam Harbor. I don't know. That's not actually the title, but I just want to believe it is. Okay, let's talk about The Mandalorian Episode 2, uh, which goes to the minds of Mandalore. Very fun episode. Very exciting. Uh, gave a lot of background into the, um, the minds of Mandalore. And kind of gave us a little bit of a backstory on that. Um, I thought this was fun. I uh, definitely didn't think it was... Uh, like, it moved at a good pace and gave Grogu a lot to do. Which I thought was good. Um, yeah. And then... Um, yeah, it just was a fun, fun and all in all episode. I think we're getting to the point where... We're getting some very cool kind of story set up, and I'm kind of curious to see what they do with um, the plot line going with forward. They did confirm that the big uh, beast or whatever that they have on uh, on their helmets and all that stuff, their logo is an actual creature that's alive, so that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, very fun little episode. I do think that... Uh, the only thing that felt a little weird was like this whole timing element of it where they were like, gotta go get uh, Bo-Katan and then you had Grogu going and came back and largely uh, uh, the Mandalorian was okay. So that felt a little, ooh, but yeah. Um, aside from that, I think I had fun with this episode. I'd give it like an 8 out of 10. I don't think it's perfect by any stretch, but still was well worth a watch. And then finally, The Last of Us. Uh, we are currently on episode 8. Episode 9, the finale, airs tonight. Uh, episode 8 did a great job for um, fleshing out um, a lot of uh, a lot of Ellie stuff. I think we're getting Ellie a little bit... Uh, you know, Ellie's, Ellie's really uh, coming into her own... As much as I think the first half of the season uh, worked a lot with Joel, we all got some Joel in this. This was like a very Ellie-centric episode, and it was great because it really focused in on the David storyline for the first game. Uh, no spoilers for that, because I think the episode really is hinges on spoilers, but man, it was so well done. And the climatic battle in this and everything just felt fantastic. So absolutely love this episode. I... This is probably up there for me. I don't know if it's a 10, but it's a 9 for sure. Uh, we'll see where they go with um, the finale, which I'm pretty sure some people are going to be very upset about. Um, but yeah. Uh, I would give this... Um, I don't know. I'd give this like a 9 out of 10. I do want to give it more, but at the same time, I'm like... Uh, it's It's not... I don't know. It's not as good as the, the Frank episode from the beginning of the season, though. I think it was my favorite. So, 9 out of 10, we'll say. Okay. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.